Hi, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this particular lesson uh, that we're going to look at has um, really been difficult. Uh, the lesson is not difficult, but to make difficult simple, that's hard. To make simple difficult, that's easy, <laughs> especially uh, with Christian things. But one of the the things that I think is important is, uh, before we get into deception, is wisdom. Uh, wisdom is the opposite of being deceived. Uh, but wisdom is seeing my situation from God's point of view. Uh, I don't know who told me that or where I heard it, but it makes a lot of sense. Because I can't make a proper decision if I'm deceived because it's going to color the decision. But if I have wisdom and that's from God, then the decision will be right. I was thinking of, uh, I was trying to give you some illustrations. I was thinking of uh, two things and one of them slipped my mind and as I tell you, one of them, maybe the other one I will find. If not, it's gone for eternity. <laughs> but it was um, with students. And uh, when I was in one of the Bible colleges that I was involved with, uh, we sent out singing groups at Easter time, small groups of students. Now these students were really good because they were representing the school, going to churches, putting on a small program of wonderful singing and testimonies and all of that and making our school known. So I asked the students, I said, uh, when you go out and you've been practicing since December, and this is, you're going out at the break in April or sometime, uh, you guys have practiced a lot, sung together a lot. Um, what are you going to do when you sing and people come up and say, that was really good? I said, you could say, oh yeah, we know. <laughs> After all, we're representing the school, they wouldn't send us out if we weren't good. But somehow, I don't think that would, that would kind of clunk on the, on the church floor. So I, I asked them to think through, to get wisdom. Why are they saying that to you? To trap you in pride? No. I said, right, they're not. But I said, I thought it through, and I unless you guys come up with something better, I really think you need to tell them, thank you, that is so encouraging. Because they walk away, and they're glad they said something because you were encouraged. Um, that is really good. Now, I'll give you a discouraging thing. <clears throat> uh, when I was pastoring, because one of the, the problems we can that Satan uses is pride. And when I was pastoring, remember the Largos and Cowboys in the middle of nowhere on a mountain? Uh, 
when I would wax eloquent and work hard and preach my heart out, there was a young man, his name was John. He's the guy, first guy I led to Christ in my first church. Uh, John would go out and he would make this statement about the message. He would just say, as he went out, Pastor, you rattle the pump handle today. Uh, now, if you've never lived where you had to pump water, then you don't understand what he was saying. That was not positive. <laughs> it was negative. See, he's saying when you pump a pump that you're trying to pump up water and no water comes, it just, the, the handle just rattles. And so what he was saying is I preached my heart out, but no water came. And so, you know, the service was, ah. <laughs> well, he let a little air out of my tires, but I probably needed it. You know, uh, a pastor, not every message, you know, is outstanding or whatever. But I want to tell you about this one. This message that I'm giving you could be one of the most important messages you hear, not because I'm telling you, it's the scripture that is associated with it. Because we're talking about being deceived. And when you're deceived, that is the work of Satan. And most deceptions as we're, as I'm going to have you look at some verses for some, those are not like you would expect. I mean, it doesn't have the smell of uh, brimstone on them at all. They're more like natural, normal kinds of things. So I want to, I have prayed about this a lot. And I told Paul, this probably is one of the hardest messages for me to give because I want to keep it simple. Uh, it's easy to complicate a message in scripture, but this isn't going to help you if it's complicated. You've got to be able to see when you are deceived. And uh, I'm trusting that that will happen and you will see it and be able to stand against that deception. Okay, the first uh, statement I want to say about the message is truth of every kind frees. And the scripture says the truth will set you free. So truth frees me. While lies bind you up in bonds. And sometimes it's hard to see the lie. And especially, I think, if you go through, I'm going to give you some verses I want to give you. And we're not going to go through them. I've, I've talked about it because I wanted to keep this message simple because it's so important to, to be simple. You can go back, and I'm giving you these references. Uh, you can jot them down now. Or you can... Uh, but you need to look at them because they're all message. They're all verses on being deceived. But there's one we want to look at the, 
what I think is probably the most important because all these verses, I looked at them. I wasn't going to give them to you. And I thought, well, that's not fair because there is one message that if you go to a Bible preaching church, you've been deceived. <clears throat> now, don't turn me off and uh, throw something at the screen because I, I have a pastor Bible churches. Bible preaching churches, but you need to see why it's easy to be deceived even in a church that I know is preaching the truth, they're preaching the word of God. So I hope I got your attention because you've got to see that because if you've gone to a Bible preaching church at any time, you've walked out of that service deceived. And uh, and it wasn't when you were making change in the offering. <laughs> okay. So truth sets free and lies bind. But ignorance also binds. That's why I want to give you these references to look up so I can see about deception because every one of these verses i'm giving you are about being deceived and it says don't be but what can deceive me but i want to take the main one that's why i didn't want to complicate remember i said that spiritual warfare you get into it it can really leave you complicated there's so much involved in spiritual warfare so much in scripture and so on now, I took this one page I'm going to share with you. Do you see it? That is from out of six notebooks on spiritual warfare. So I know what I'm saying that we could leave you just overwhelmed with all the teaching on spiritual warfare and so on. So let's look at these verses. One I'm going to leave out because that's the one I want to focus on. Okay. The one is 1 John 1.8. And if you look at that, it says, a man is deceived when he says he has no sin. We had a, a little girl in our neighborhood that we moved into, and we were trying to lead this girl to Christ. And, I mean, she was... Um, I don't know if I say this word, if you understand, I would call her a pistol. <laughs> she was really difficult. I mean, her mother be calling her and she'd stand next to the house where the mother's yelling out the front door. She's standing next to the house flat out. And the mother's hauling for her all over the neighborhood. And she's just standing there and she doesn't tell her mother where she is. I mean, this, this girl <laughs> was a little difficult. And very, very spoiled. Uh, I think it was uh, the mother had gray hair. So I think that, and it was her mother. I think she was, uh, oops, you know, later because she had older brothers and sisters. But so they just kind of, this poor little girl was just left to kind of fend for herself and whatever. <clears throat> but as we would deal with her and talk to her, and we would tell her, you know, that Jesus saved from sin. She's, I don't have any sin. Oh, 
honey, we live across the street from you. <laughs> we, we see what you do. But what's interesting, I mean, how can I convince her that she has sinned and she needs Jesus? Well, the, the normal question you would ask, and I'm sure some of you who are parents will say, well, I know I would ask, have you ever had a spanking? <laughs> Do your family spank you for doing right? And I said, did you ever have a spanking? And she said, no. And I believed her because <laughs> we lived across the street. You know, she just kind of, you know, they'd holler for her. And then when she ever she went in the house, she never got, they got upset with her. Although they hollered an hour, an hour and a half before. But anyway, this, this girl, and the whole time we lived there, I mean, she liked to be around us. Uh, she would even go, we would drag her off to church and Sunday school with us and stuff. But as far as I know, she never accepted the Lord because she wasn't bad. Did she ever do bad? No. <laughs> it was, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I prayed that somewhere along the line, I mean, she sure was exposed to truth and our kids were working on her. But she was really deceived, you know, that she had no sin. So that is a, a deception of James 1.22. Then 1 John 1, 8, a man is the, oh, pardon me, that's it. The first, not James, go to John. John 1, 8, a man is deceived when he says he has no sin. The uh, Galatians 6, 3, a man is deceived when he thinks himself to be something when he's nothing. And it's good to have somebody that goes out of the church and tells you, you rattled the pump handle. <laughs> it's pretty hard to think you're something when someone is reminding you, uh, you know, you're a pump handler, uh, rattler. Another one is in 1 Corinthians 3.18. He is deceived when he thinks himself to be wise with the wisdom of the world. And that is very, very deceptive. I know tall Paul is sitting here across the room for me. But when you're discipling someone or trying to help someone who's struggling and they come up with the wisdom of this world, you can't convince them. Well, you know, uh, my teachers or I, I know this, I learned this, I read this in a book or whatever. And that is a major deception is with the wisdom of this world. James 1.26, he is deceived by seemingly to be religious when an unbridled tongue reveals his true condition. You know, this really wonderful, godly person, and yet there's something that doesn't seem right, doesn't feel right. I was in a situation, and I'll share this with you. I hope you, you're never in it. But I was pastoring in a, in a rather large city, and we were going to put on, in those days, we had a Sunday school convention where we brought in, you know, how to teach and brought in these different, because uh, it was a pretty good-sized city, that we'd have a lot of teachers there, helps and how to 
present truth, how to use a flannel board, how to whatever, different ways of getting truth out to children. So there was a number of, it was, and it was, it didn't make any difference your church. Uh, so there was everything from um, the Holy Ghost Assembly to uh, if you haven't been baptized three times backwards, you're not saved. You know I mean? It's just every every church was in the Sunday school convention. <clears throat> so the pastors, we all met to try to put together who we wanted, uh, what Sunday school groups putting out literature should be there and the classes working on that. Well, one of the pastors decided he would tell a funny story which was off color. It was not proper. And it was funny. In the army, they told dirty stories that were funny. And I would pray, God help me not to laugh. It was a brand new Christian. So that was kind of the way I used to be. And they're doing this and I can't laugh because I'm saved. <laughs> we don't laugh at that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so maybe you don't want to listen to me anymore. <laughs> Well, that was before I was baptized, okay? <laughs> after after I was dumped, I was fine. But, uh, you know, here I'm sitting, and I'm probably the most conservative of the pastors that were there, and this pastor told this joke. And it was funny. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't feel I should correct him. I mean, there are other pastors there also. It was all pastors. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I really felt bad. But I went to a friend and he said, oh, I've been in situations like that. This is what you do. And I'll tell you, it works. When someone says something that is off color, all you do is look down. You break the look and you look down. And they scramble because they lost you. You're, you're not with them. You didn't say anything. You didn't put them down. You just looked down. And I thought, that sounds too easy. But I found it works. You just look down when something is said, it's improper. It could be with relatives. You just, just look down and and that tells them you don't approve. You don't approve of what it was. So, uh, but I think it, it's it's important. Your commitment to Christ can be revealed when the hammer misses the nail and hits your thumb nail. What comes out of your mouth reveals your commitment. Um, Anyway, he says, don't be deceived. That's one of the deceptions there. First uh, Corinthians 3.18, a man is deceived when he thinks himself to be wise with the wisdom of the world. And we get that a lot in counseling. In fact, right now, there's some things going around. But I'm not going to mention because they're good people. But I don't see it in Scripture. I don't understand what they're trying to say. What they're doing is confusing a lot of people that need to deal with sin 
and not all of this stuff that they're putting on them that's just more than they can handle. Another one is James 1.26. He is deceived, seeming to be religious. And, oh, pardon me, and the tongue reveals that. We already did one. Galatians 6.7, he is deceived if his thinking, the unrighteousness will, that a man is deceived if he thinks the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God. Well, you know, they're good people. I'm afraid we're going to find a lot of good people in hell because they've been deceived. Uh, because their goodness, and there's a lot of do-gooders out there. There's a lot of these wealthy men, I don't want to name, that have done a lot of good with their money and have done a lot of bad with their money. And the, and the good that they do is not going to, you know, that's not a ticket into glory. And then uh, the last one is 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He is deceived in his thinking that contact with sin will have no effect on his life. He will be deceived. The more you watch inappropriate things, the more of your sensitivity towards God is going to be diminished. It just is. Now, all of those are good, but all of those would not apply to everyone that's listening. Maybe one or two does, maybe none of those. But the one I'm going to give you now, and I wasn't even going to give you the rest of these, but I thought that's not fair because there's more, because every one of these is going to use the word deceived. But the major deception, remember I said, if you go to church, I've been, I've left church sitting under tremendous message, totally deceived. I said, well, how could I be deceived? I mean, I sat under J. Vernon McGee. And let me tell you, he's a wonderful Bible teacher. And yet I left his church many times deceived. He's saying, I don't, I don't get that. Well, maybe if you go into scripture with me, <laughs> we'll look at a verse, you'll see how that can happen, how you could be going to a wonderful church, that the messages are tremendous, and yet you walk out deceived. Okay, James chapter one, verse 22. And I'm sure that there, there probably will not be one of you that has not been deceived this way. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Oh, that was a good message. That was really great. It was about the lost or the poor or whatever. So I walked out, what am I doing? All I'm agreeing, it was a good message. But it didn't change my life. I didn't act on what I heard. So, see, if I'm not a doer of what I hear, I'm deceived. Who wants you to be deceived? The deceiver. Satan 
runs up and down the aisle of biblical churches and, and telling people you're good enough. You know, you don't need to listen to that. You don't need to apply that scripture and so on. Uh, boy, you know, when you go to church, you say, God, I, I'm taking this verse. Because this is the one, the only one I was going to give you. Because <laughs> I knew everybody that's listening to me has been deceived. And if you said not, you're deceiving yourself now. <laughs> because we have heard wonderful messages and it really spoke to our hearts. But we didn't do anything. You know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. How many worlds you've gone into? I mean, your world, at work, or whatever. I mean, just think of all the scriptures and biblical truth you've heard. And Satan robs you of putting feet to it. And he deceived you. You were deceived because you were not a doer of the word. Having devotions and you read scriptures and God speaks to you, then ask God, how can I do this? Or what do you want me to do about it? Maybe you cannot financially do anything, but you could pray for that situation. Or you hear of sick in the church. Well, you're not much into the sick. and You don't even pray for the sick of your own church. And you heard that. You walk out, you've been deceived. Now, I want you to take deception very seriously. Uh, and this is why it was so hard, because I knew that everyone listening has been deceived because we don't always act on all the light that God has given us. And remember, he said, if the light that's in thee goes dark, how great is that darkness? So going to church and walking out, not changed, not acting on the light that you were given, you're better off staying at home. Now, Pastors, don't send me stones. <laughs> I understand. I was a pastor. But what would your church be like if everyone purposed in their heart, when they heard the truth that you're giving, that they're going to apply it as best as they can? And they want to walk in that truth. See, as we walk in truth, it's like walking in light. And God says, when we walk in light, he gives us more light. But if the light that's in thee be darkened, how great is the darkness? So the, to me, of all the deception verses, for most believers, James 1.22 is the most important. That I want to be a doer of the word, not just someone that listens and says, oh, that was good, that was interesting. Or he rattled the pump handle <laughs> and walk out. Now, <clears throat> I want to um, give you a little bit more, but that's the truth I wanted you to walk out with. That was so much on my heart. You know, it's hard to say, you know, that that you are allowing the enemy to deceive you. But I, I have to tell you that because he doesn't want us to act on scripture. He doesn't care if I can answer a test and all that. I mean, there's kids in Bible school that, that graduate Magna cum laude, but their lives are magna cum lousy. I mean, they're really good at remembering and filling in the blanks and all that, but doing? No. I'd rather you walk out of my church 
any message I give, walk out and hardly remember anything, but the one thing you do remember you're going to do. <laughs> That's far better than giving me back the whole thing I gave you. Okay. See, all truth is in harmony with the only channel of revealed truth, and that is the Word of God. Now, I want to give you four points. How do you know what you're hearing could be of the enemy? And there are four points here that can help you. When I am being deceived, this or things that will happen. Number one, it weakens the authority of scripture. I know God said that, but I know that God wants me to do this, but, and I'm being deceived. Why did God let you hear that? What is God trying to tell you? God, how can I put feet to this? How can I make this a part of my life? Two, distorting the teachings in scriptures. That is what the enemy does. He distorts. He weakens the authority of scripture. He distorts the teaching of scripture. Or he adds to the scripture the thoughts of men. Well, this is how men see it. You know, I, I, if I'm going to study creation, I know what a lot of men are going to say. Well, he's got a doctorate degree. Well, I got a degree too. I was burnt once really bad. <laughs> See, it doesn't mean because he's Dr. So-and-so that he's a man you want to follow. And then, or the very last, when someone is, has deceiving spirits, they will put the scriptures entirely aside. I don't get it. I can't understand it. I don't need this stuff. And they put it aside. So when the enemy is deceiving you, I mean, continually deceiving you, he will weaken the authority of scriptures as you're reading them. He will distort the teachings in the scriptures. He will add to the scriptures, the thoughts of men that's on the same level, or put the scriptures entirely aside. So I, I, I hope that this time has helped you to know that you may have been a Christian a long time, but you still can be deceived by the enemy by listening and not putting feet to what you listen to or you're praying for what you've heard uh, all of that realize that because that is to me the most common deception for believers not the rest of those verses I gave you some of them have never been involved in those but they struggle with James 1.22. Father, I just pray that somehow that when we go to church, 
that we might pray. Give us a hearing heart, a heart that hears the message, a heart that wants to put feet to it if I can, or at least pray about it. Uh, Lord, I think of some of the most wonderful men of God I've sat under and heard great lessons from them and just walked away. And I was being deceived and didn't even know. Didn't think about that scripture, and I knew the scripture. So, Lord, I pray you would help us to have hearing hearts and open to what you want to say through the messages that I hear at my church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me share Let me share uh, one interesting thing with you. Uh, I went to, I told you, J. Vernon McGee's church. And this is something he said, and I thought it was, well, he's he can be rather clever. He said, if you sow, give the scriptures of what you sow, you reap. He says, if you sow to the flesh, this is good advice. Pray for a crop failure. <laughs> Bless you. Uh.